and welcome into Poke the Bear episode 32. Can you believe it, Connor? 32 episodes. I'm Evan Marinovsky, alongside Connor Ryan of Boston Sports Journal. Connor, how are we doing? Evan, I'm doing very great. How are you doing? I'm doing great as well. I got a haircut for people who can see on YouTube. Uh, never hurts. Uh, tough to get in these, in these pandemic times, but I guess haircutting. Yes. I was talking to the barber and I, and, uh, cause he was saying how business was still great. Uh, and I'm like, well, it's true. You can't like replace a haircut. I mean, what are you just not going to get your haircut? Uh, which some people have been doing, but it, like I did that at the beginning of the pandemic. You can go look at early videos of me from like April and I had got my haircut in like two months and I just looked like I had a big, Freaking tree on my head, uh, which was not, which was not a great look. Also moved my room around for those watching on YouTube again, different background, totally moving everything around. So er- everything day. is, everything's changing. Yeah. I'm still stuck in Tahoe, but you know, there's worse places <sighs> to be stranded right now. The, the, no flights out of Tahoe to back to Boston. No, that's not tough. yet. So. That's Pretty really good. tough. So the only person who had it worse in Tahoe than you and the flyers was Jeremy Lozon. Like the little segue. Yeah, uh, Jeremy, Lo- Jeremy Lozon, uh, was announced on Wednesday to have a, uh, fractured left, uh, wrist, I believe, correct? Or was it arm? Uh, left, left, uh, arm or hand rather. Yep. So fractured, uh, left hand and he is out there. Oh, they will reevaluate him in four weeks. So minimum he's out a month. Not great for the Bruins defense. What do they do in his absence? Yeah, I think with Lowe's on out, the next guy up is going to be Erho Vekanainen, which um, obviously you look across the the lineup, it's not great right now on defense. I mean, for for uh, tonight's game against the Islanders, you're going to probably have Jacob Zaborl back. But other than that, uh, Matt Grzyk's not going to be ready, even though he's getting closer, which is at least one kind of somewhat of a positive. Um, Kevin Miller, who didn't go to Tahoe off of what we thought was just, you know, load management arrest. Don't really know when he's coming back right now. It seems like the knee's bothering him, which I think we all expected, but still not good just from a pure optics of, you know, having that knee bothering him after about a week off. So um, for right now, you're expecting John Moore and Connor Clifton to slot back in, but you still need a guy to replace Lozon in that top pairing role. And again, it's not great with uh, the amount of bodies you're missing right now. And, you know, we, we spoke about it on Bruins beat that a guy like Matias Ekholm would be a, a good fit, but at least in the immediate right now, you're at least getting a guy in Vakanainen who you're able to at least get an extended look at right now, right? I mean, he's a guy who was a first-round pick in 2017, I think was probably, you know, 1B, even maybe 1A. It's one point with Stadnika as your top prospect. So uh, there's still a lot to like about him as a player, you know, even though he might have, maybe has, I don't know, probably stagnates not the right word, but he kind of plateaued a little bit down in Providence, I think. Uh, this is going to be your first extended look to see how we can do up in the NHL. Maybe he responds well. Maybe it's like uh, Zaboral, who kind of was uh, stuck down in Providence, gets a, a, star, a spot up here and kind of carves out a role. So I think you saw on Sunday he held his own. I mean, he played over 23 minutes of ice time, uh, looked pretty good uh, in that spot. So um, I think that's the plan for right now is to see what Vakaninen has, uh, what he can give you. Put him with McAvoy helps out quite a bit because McAvoy can, I think, carry most – guys uh as his d partner so um that seems to be the plan right now and worst case scenario you switch some guys around best case you have a guy who could potentially be a a top four fit if he really runs with the opportunity given to him this year yeah this is vakaninen's chance like this is this is the chance that vakaninen has has been looking for and the bruins have been looking for in him since they drafted him pretty much like this is a big thing um and but again like we talked about this on bruins beat 
Vakaninen could turn into Bobby Orr over the next however many games, you know, month or so, it still does not defeat the fact that you need to acquire another top four left shot defenseman. You need it. Especially just considering, you know, Kevin Miller's dealing with some injury right now. Matt Grizzlick's dealt with injuries all season. Zaboral, Lozon, like... I mean, I don't want to name the defensemen who have been untouched by injury because I don't want to jinx them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bruins fans that get on me for it. But um, yeah, this is this is back in Island's chance. Um, and I thought he looked good in, in Tahoe. I'm not going to sit here and say I thought he looked amazing. Like I thought mm-hmm. he looked, you know, good for his first game, uh, first game back, you know, good. Um, nothing that makes me go, oh, he's going to he's going to kill this opportunity. He's going to do amazing. Right. Um, but again, uh, that sort of remains to be seen, so to speak. Uh, but you know, again, it's this thing's for Lozon though, because Lozon was a guy who this was his opportunity. And by the way, it doesn't mean it's over. This is his opportunity is not over. Um, uh, cause he certainly made the most of it, uh, well, while he was in it before he, before he hurt his arm. But, uh, it's tough, I think, for him, uh, to sort of see a big opportunity like this be postponed another month. Um, and especially if they go out and acquire another left shot defenseman, because maybe they sub Lozon down to the third pairing, or maybe they sub uh, Grizzlick down to the third pairing. But nonetheless, uh, tough for Lozon and tough for the Bruins uh, on that break. Uh, but again, we don't know when Lozon will exactly be back. It's not really a safe bet to make, but a safe bet to make would be to go to our good friends over at betonline.ag. Evan, you just got the, the best segues for this. And you're, you're on fire now. <sighs> Uh, but yeah, anyway, listen up, guys. It's an exciting time of the year around the sports world. Football might be over, but the NBA is in full swing. And yes, Bruins hockey is returned. Even though you may not be at a game this year yet, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. No matter how the schedules change or the players at play, Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every game this season with the fastest updated odds in the industry. And it's not just sports, Bet Online even covers things like awards, TV shows, reality TV. Bet on the Bachelor, Bachelorette, whichever one's on right now. I don't know. Ninety Day Fiance, The Bachelor. Okay, Ninety Day Fiance. Dude, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's bets for everything, right? There is. BetOnline has everything to offer. And again, listen, there are more options to wage than anywhere online, and we even have an exclusive promo code for our loyal listeners. So go to BetOnline, enter promo code CLNS50. That's CLNS50 for a fifty percent welcome bonus on your first deposit. You heard me. A 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Evan, it's pretty swell. It's a good deal. Nobody beats it. No one beats it. So what are you guys waiting for? Head to Bet Online today. Take advantage of all the great bonuses, offers, and contests available right now. Again, enter promo code CLNS50 for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Go there now. Now, uh, you want to make a safe bet. How about you bet every year around this point of the season where Jack Eichel is unhappy with the situation in Buffalo there every year. It's the annual Jack Eichel is sick of Buffalo story, but probably won't actually get traded. Maybe this is finally the year, uh, but Buffalo continues to lose, which I, I don't know why this is a surprise uh, to him, at least. I mean, like just because you got, got, got Taylor Hall. Exactly. Like to me, I don't know, maybe I guess when you're in that moment, you know, when you're on that team, you think, wow, we just got so much better. But in reality, you just got a better scoring winger on one line. Like it's, this isn't the NBA where like you acquire a player of Taylor Hall's caliber in the NBA. And it's like, wow, we are a much better team. 
in hockey, there's four lines and you obviously one score is not going to transform a whole team. So Jack Eichel is reportedly not super pleased with the losing in Buffalo. I don't blame him. Um, that miser- that situation looks miserable. So uh, every time this happens, the Jack Eichel to the Boston Bruins rumors always like it's to get revving up, baby. Get, get the wheels churning on that. And I, I am so here. So here for the, even though this like will never happen, there's a less than 2% chance. I'll give it a little chance, but, mm-hmm. but less than 2% chance this ever could actually happen. Uh, Eichel to the Bruins, but you, tw- you astutely tweeted out Wednesday morning. Give me your best trade package for Jack Eichel go, which prompted uh, people to give off their best uh, trade packages. For a lot one of compelling Jack offers. A lot, a lot of compelling, compelling offers. I, I mean, uh, Hitmon Law, this is my favorite. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Boston gets, or, or Buffalo gets the Evan Marinovsky ref. Boston gets Jack Eichel and Connor McDavid. And I said, I think the ref gets more than just McDavid and Eichel. I think you might get Kucherov in there too. Well, here's the thing too. I mean, Buffalo is in such disorder and disarray that you need a stabilizing presence there. Someone that's going to bring authority and stop the shenanigans. So who better than the Evan Marinovsky ref? to correct what's been going wrong in Buffalo for decades now. You got to lay down the law. That's what he's got to do. Yeah. He's got to write, write down. Right. You know, it's a, it's a character thing more than talent. And that's what the team needs. So I could they see. Need a leader. Yeah, exactly. They need a leader. But so that was a great one. Uh, Court Lalonde said, little does he know that Evan and Connor are a package deal. So that's a no deal in my books. That's fair. That's, 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 that's a true. fair point. That's true. Um, Please don't send me to Buffalo. <laughs> I yeah, I don't want to go to Buffalo. <laughs> no, no, thanks. Buffalo no. or Winnipeg. I'm or Edmonton. I'm I, I mm-hmm. I'm out on. Um uh let's see. Uh Nick Ritchie glamour shots. Boston trades, Kevin Miller, Chris Wagner, John Moore, three first, Jeremy Lozon, Brandon Carlo, Buffalo trades, Jack Eichel and Colin Miller. Boston trades, Jack Eichel, Buffalo trades, three first round picks. <laughs> I, I, saw, I, I don't know. Was, I don't know. That was that was some 40 chess right there, which I I don't think it's gonna work out uh very well, but I appreciate the creativity more than anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, that's just that's that's uh, playing chess when the the oppo- the opposition is playing checkers. Scott McLaughlin, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. uh, first time caller. What about John Moore Miller? That Senishin kid or Senishin kid, which I used mm-hmm, to call him Senishin too, so I can't really make fun of him. Uh, and mm-hmm. a second, which I think is too much. Bruins can't be giving up. Uh, Senishin no, that we have to be. You know, we're. I understand we're in a win a win now mode, but you can't mortgage the future right there for no. a guy who. Uh, you know, he's good, but what are you, you going to do? I mean, I mean, like, I'm going through these two. Like, I saw one. This is a great one. You got Co- – all right, here we go. Coyle, Lauco, and a first in 2022. And he said, Eichel would be your third-line center with Debraska Bjork. Imagine getting Jack Eichel. Imagine getting Jack Eichel and slotting him with Debraska Bjork. Like, Have fun on the third line, buddy. Yeah, welcome. Yeah, enjoy. I mean, I'm sure he'd be very happy to be back home, but he's not – you don't get Jack Eichel to be a third-line center. Um, it's tough because in these scenarios, so many people are kidding, but then so many people are dead serious. That's the like, that is That ones. is a serious yeah. – that like uh, one person said, DeBrusque, Stanika, Grizzlick, Beecher, a first round pick. Uh, and again, like this goes back to the um, uh, the Sidney Crosby stuff because I think your Eichel to get Eichel, you would probably have to give up more than you would for Crosby, just given their age um, and the franchise Contra, yeah. situation. Yeah, um, and it goes back to the whole thing of do the Bruins actually like 
do you have an offer for them that doesn't include McAvoy or Pasternak? No, you, you don't. No. So you can't get those no. guys. So yeah. I, I hate to just just kill the vibe, but like you, you don't have anyone for for these deals. No, I, I mean like there's even one that someone said: DeBrusque, Vakanainen, Stud, Bjork, and three first, and everyone's like, "Holy shit, that's too much." And it's like, <laughs> no, you have to like you have to one realize that your prospect pool is not as deep. And even if there's guys who maybe can be functional, solid NHL players, you need to pot ways with legitimate star talent to get a star center who's yeah. 24 <laughs> years old under term. Like this isn't, this isn't rocket science. And also I think people are forgetting when you mentioned this, I don't know if maybe they're just so focused on whatever trade package the Bruins can offer. You also have uh, 30 other teams or uh, 30, yeah, 30 other teams that would also love to acquire Jack Eichel who, a lot of them probably have a lot more assets than you. So, I mean, I don't know. If you're Buffalo and the Bruins offered you the Brusque and Vac and Stanika and two firsts, which isn't enough, but let's just say that's the baseline offer. Are you intrigued by that or are you intrigued by Anaheim giving you two firsts, Trevor Zagras, another prospect, and also taking Jeff Skinner's salary, which yes. they can do because they got a shit ton of like, what would you take there? Like, you have to go for the best talent available, and unless it's McAvoy or Pasternak, I don't know what offer you can give Buffalo to get them to bite. That's not, um, you know, a situation where you're completely mortgaging the future, where you're giving up, you know, like the Ricky Williams trade or something like that, right? Where it's like <laughs> just so many picks that it, that it's crazy. But by the um, way, him going to Anaheim would be going from one bad situation to the next, except he'd just right. be in warmer weather. So at least right. Anaheim. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I could, I could see that or like even LA or, or, you know, the ranges, which makes sense, even though I don't know if Dave Quinn's going to be there by the time, like they <laughs> might, you know, try to trade for him. So I mean, we'll see. It's not going to be the, the only, the only way it would be the Bruins realistically would be if he stays in Buffalo long enough that his uh, no trade clause kicks in. And he's just like, I want to go to Boston. That's the only thing that would, that's it. That would give him some leverage, which even then, like if you're locked in, you know, you're still giving up a whole bunch, even if you're the only option there. But also, I I, 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 I see a lot of people. I'm just reading through this. A lot of people are uh, listing Krejci as as a possible person to go in the trade. Like that's exactly, I, that's who they want. I hate to say I hate to say it, but like he, there's not a lot of value there. I hate like I don't mean to be like a dick, but you know, expiring contract. You know, middle age probably doesn't want to play anywhere else than Boston. Like you send him to Buffalo, New York. What value is that for for anybody? Yeah, um, you'd only you'd only trade them to make the money somewhat match up a little bit more. But even then, like <laughs> the, the Buffalo wouldn't be thrilled about that. You have to give them a, a certain amount of young talent to account for just swapping centers. Like Buffalo's not going to make David Krejci and go on a, a run after they trade Jack Heichel. So, or if they did, that'd be the most bizarre shit in the world. But yes, also uh, we have you know Carlo Frederick in a first. I don't know who that gets you, but certainly that's, not Jack Eichel. That's, um, you know, a third of what the actual package would be, but yes, know. you know, like it's, that gets, that gets, that'll get you like, uh, like maybe Kyle, that, that, that might get you like a step above Kyle Palmieri, but, uh, but that is not uh Jack Eichel again. Like I, I Eichel is, is absurd. Like this, this is a one, yeah, this is a generation. I, I, I don't think people are being cognizant of how good Jack Eichel is. Like that dude, if he was on a good team would be 90 plus points every single season. Yes. He had a competent franchise. I'm like, he is all biases aside here. He's a oh, that's right, really good player. Like he, he's well worth whatever you would be trading to get him. 
barring unless um, you do the Bruins, you give up like 10 first round picks. Boston receives Jack Eichel, Buffalo receives Kevin Miller, Tony Maz, Felger, and Dale Arnold. That's a fair tra- that's the most fair trade I think I've seen. Uh, I mean, listed. I think you know, I don't I don't know the radio situation over in Buffalo, but if they need to inject some new talent in, you know, I could see it, you know, working out for both ways there. Bruins get a center and Buffalo, you know, the market gets diversified a little bit. FMA, Felger, Maz, and Arnold. That that could be yes. the uh that, that could be that could be the new show yes. at, uh, streaking the Buffalo airwaves. Um but yeah, no, the, and, and I also think people are a little overrating Jack Stavnika when it comes to trades. Like yeah. I I think like the the reason he's um you know, hyped up as much as he is here is because he's the best they have, uh, yes. prospect wise. Uh, that does not mean he's this, you know, incredible elite, gonna take over for Patrice Bergeron type talent. We said this at the beginning of the year, like the best case scenario this year was he comes in and is a serviceable, you know, third line or, or second line right winger. And he really had, wasn't that much, uh, for the time being. He was okay, but he wasn't enough. It wasn't enough to really stay. Now he's down in Providence again, kind of working on his stuff, but. I don't think the trade value there is like, like, I don't think Buffalo hears Stanika as the centerpiece of a deal coming back for Eichel and thinks, Oh yes. Yes. Like that, 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 that doesn't work. It just doesn't, it doesn't fly. So you're right. I, again, like the Bruins for the second straight week, we're saying they don't have enough to get these like elite players, unless you want to part with McAvoy or Pasternak, which is stupid. You wouldn't do that. Yeah, so wouldn't, wouldn't like, I don't think really that much. I don't, I honestly, I, I don't think, and it's funny, like it, is there anyone you would trade Pasternak for? I mean, I guess if it was like a one for one with like dry or McDavid, maybe, <laughs> McDavid, maybe, yeah. maybe you could then, or like McKinnon, if it's Colorado, like, let's do a one for one. Like, okay, yeah. fine. But outside of that, I, I don't think that there's anyone outside of McKinnon, McDavid and dry that you would, you would do that yeah. for. Yeah. Um, wow. I mean, Maybe and Matthews, I, I, but that's it. Just because he's a center, but even then, yeah, like that's it. That 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 really yeah. is it. Because you know, maybe Makar, if you wanted to upgrade on D or Quinn Hughes, yeah. but even then, like that's that's yeah. still a big stretch. So, yeah. um, yeah, those are the, really the only guys. I was thinking about that the other day. Like, who would you actually trade Pasternak for? Uh, and then the other answer obviously is Louis Erickson. You would trade, of course. For yeah, Louis I saw Erickson. quite a few Straight Louis up. Erickson's in there. So. Yeah, that was also, all Petrov I, McGuire. That was all Petrov I, McGuire. I uh, also shout out Andrew Callahan over at the uh, Herald. Yes, the, I meant to mention Boston, this. I meant to mention this. <laughs> the Boston Celtics. So the Boston Celtics would be traded to Buffalo, which I'm sure they would also be thrilled with. So <laughs> the Buffalo Celtics. It's, it's funny. It's funny how most of these trades usually end up with the Bruins and Boston being very happy and Buffalo being absolutely miserable. Like with, <laughs> with the return. Is, so. You don't think, but like Sabres fans, you don't think it'd be happy with DeBrusque, Vakanine, and Zaboral, uh, John Moore, like Jason Tatum. Jason, Jason Tatum, Tatum as well. Jason Tatum playing basketball, fantastic. I don't know how Jason Tatum is playing hockey, but Taco Fall on skates. Basically, it's Nano Chara, but that's pretty much know. it. Works out itself out well. So yeah, those are the Eichel trade scenarios. Uh, I don't. I don't think I can even come up with one that would be like enough. Because again, it would be because now people see if I say one, people are going to like quote it and say Evan wants to trade yes, so and so wants to trade McAvoy and two firsts and like, but it would be like it'd be like McAvoy two firsts like. Yeah, I mean, if you if you want to give McAvoy, then like that's a big piece of it, right? Like you do that, then you could include a, a first and maybe uh, another prospect or two. Like it would be a huge haul if it's McAvoy's leading the way because McAvoy's going to win a Norris within the next five years, like. Yeah. That that trade is is enough that like you could Buffalo would be like oh shit yeah like all right we'll talk to you but like it would never happen right they're not gonna give up 
McAvoy uh, for Eichel, but that's the only way you'd get a, a package where it wouldn't be, you know, like a Kevin Garnett trade where it's like seven bodies going back, right? Like that's yes. If, if you're not including one of those two guys, uh, Pasta or McAvoy, that's what it's going to be. And even then, I don't think that's enough when you've got hey, hey. teams out west that are going to offer a lot more. Wayne Primo, Brad Stewart, Marco Sturm was enough to get Joe Thornton. So you know what? Maybe that would be like that would be what by today's standards? Because that would be a similar thing to the Eichel stuff. That would be like what? Because I'm not an expert on how great Primo, Stewart, and Sturm were back in 2005. Uh, they, they weren't. They weren't as good as Joe Thornton. That's for friggin' sure. Um, it would, that'd be like what? Like Corrali. Um, Sturm was a good player, but none of them matched what. Joe Thornton was. I mean, like, even there's been plenty of times where I think they've had big trades go down in the NHL where I like seen the return and I was like, that's it. Like, I look at like uh, when Mark Stone got traded, I was like, if the Bruins wanted this guy, it'd be like two firsts and like a, you know, a DeBrusque or, you know, Vakanayan or Sidnika or one of those guys with along with it. And then like the Ottawa gets that trade off and it's like, you know, that Bamstrom and a few other guys. And I'm like, that's it. I don't even know if Bandstrom's like even playing with Otto right now. And if he's not, that's not good news for them because they could probably use anybody. <laughs> sucks. But yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I'm missing one of the other guys in that deal, but I don't think it's anyone who's, you know, seriously impacting Ottawa right now. No, I, 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 I'm forgetting it too, but I don't think there is. And it's like the O'Reilly trade. Remember that? Yeah, like that I was, mean, I mean, nothing. that's the thing too. That's also why Buffalo is going to be super cautious because they got, they gave the St. Louis Blues a Stanley Cup off of just being incompetent. So, <laughs> so. Uh, that's why the Bruins should hit Buffalo more than they hate St. Louis. Really, I mean, yeah, it was O'Reilly. Exactly. But so, uh, but anyway. so I, I, I will just say, uh, Mark Stone. It was uh, Oscar Lindbergh, Eric Brandstrom, and a second round pick. Oh, I forgot about how like little that package was. Yeah, and I mean, granted, Damn. he was going to be. Uh, granted, he was a. Uh, a pending UFA, which impacts it a lot, which like I goes on the contract for another five years. So that's another reason why that price is so high. So, but also, I mean, Mark Stone, I mean, dude is one of the best forwards in the game. Like, I mean, when that trade got announced, I was like, the Bruins couldn't hit an offer like that. Like I, I granted they're also in the Atlantic at the time, but still. You have to think, I mean, just the, how good of a two-way forward Stone is fitting either with Bergeron or with Krejci would have been uh, ridiculous. You would have won the cup. And, yeah. You win the cup. You win the cup. And maybe even beat Tampa in 2018. Because that wasn't, was that Stone deal in 19 or 18? Uh, 19, leading up to the, okay. to the cup. So Okay. So you, you'd beat St. Louis. Uh, and you might even get past, because he probably re-ups, because that'd probably be a condition of the deal. Um, and then you maybe beat Tampa this past year, but that's all hypothetical. So it's like trade scenarios, but they're always fun. This they're will not so be the last fun. time we do them. This is not the last time we'll do them. We'll do trade scenarios until forever. They will always next, happen. Next week, Eichel's going to do like a Zoom call and he's going to have a Red Sox hat on. People are going to lose their minds. What? Talk about this all over again. The guy is from he... North Chelmsford's a Red Sox fan. <laughs> he wore a BU sweatshirt. He must want to come back to Boston. Mm. Um, but so that's Eichel. So let's get into some other stuff before before we sign off um, the ratings, the ratings for Sunday's Tahoe game were absurd. First uh, NBCSN regular season game to go over a million viewers. So the most viewed ever most streamed ever. Why, why, why was this the most streamed, the most watched? It's a Sunday night game that got rescheduled a bunch. 
Why was this the most watched game in NBCSN history? Well, I mean, I think you got two big markets in Boston and Philly, which I think goes a long way. I mean, who knows what those, I know, I think people across many sports were, were kind of concerned back when there was championship uh, games for, you know, the World Series and the NBA Finals, and the Stanley Cup Final, and all the numbers weren't that great. People were like, all right, people are just sick of sports during this time. But I also think a lot of it has to do with, you know, what markets are involved. I don't know if... Tampa Bay and Dallas is a bond burner in terms of people tuning in for it, right? But you got Boston and Philly. That goes a long way. Tampa um, Bay and Dallas. Yeah. So I think that plays into it. I think the fact that it's a good change of pace. I mean, it's even even if it was like a, a winter classic in like a stadium that was empty, like even that wouldn't have the same appeal. Like this was something that was completely different. Uh obviously had its hiccups, if you want to call that. It's probably uh a stronger word as you can say other than hiccups in terms of how it how it went, especially at the start of it. But I think, I mean, for as much as, you know, that first period where there's just a glare on the ice and people are like, all right, this, this, this isn't that great. When you get to the second period and you have the sun setting and, you know, the, the scenery and uh, all that, I mean, it made for, I think, a pretty compelling kind of broadcast. So I, I think if you're the NHL, it's funny, they, they get the, the event wrapped up and Gary Bettman said, you know, we'd like to do, you know, outdoor games, of course, but with fans, you know, we don't want to do one-off things like this, or we'd rather do one-off things like this. And it's like, I don't know, man, like. I went pretty well with those fans. Did, like, you don't want to go up to like, you know, Lake Louise up in, up in Banff and have Calgary, I don't know, like, I mean, not Calgary, but just two, like, it'd be funny if they just sent Montreal and Toronto all the way out to Banff National Park for it, but like, two big teams like that up in, you know, the uh, Canadian Rockies or, or, you know, a spot in, you know, Michigan or, or Minnesota on some, one of those lakes out there, like that won't do well. Like, uh, so I, I think this one was kind of the perfect storm of why it worked out well. And I think obviously a lot of it does have to do with the Bruins. I think the Boston market was crazy. Uh, 6.69. Yeah, so for those who don't know, that's six out of a hundred uh, households at once watching the game, which is yeah. 6.69 for a Bruins game is, is ridiculous. Yes. So, I mean, I think it all worked together to make a compelling product. So if I was the NHL one, I would continue doing it, which like you can still do a win a classic and also do like a game like this, right? Like it's, it's not like your resources going to be spread out so thin once things get back up and running, hopefully by next year. So I, I can see them doing it and bringing in uh, more spots. I wouldn't be surprised to go up to Canada and a place that's probably a little bit safer in terms of not worrying about the, the weather screwing it up. So, um, but I mean, yeah, as much as it was kind of a, a shit show for most of the week, like I think the NHL still got a lot out of it, right? You had a lot of people talking about it. You had, uh, you know, you had your, one of your top stats and Pasternak had a hat trick. You had them, you know, buzzing on the internet with how they were, you know, pregame, postgame all the good press for the NHL. So I would be shocked if they would completely kind of nix this going forward because, you know, it's different. That's what the NHL needs. It needs stuff like that. That was off, you know, uh, not, not a traditional setup, but I think it worked out pretty well. All things considered in terms of just drumming up interest, which the NHL desperately needs. Also, the other thing is I loved the game without fans. Like that helped the natural feel of it. Like if there were fans there, it'd be kind of weird. They also couldn't have done it where they did it. It, I don't know where they would have done it at like Tahoe that would have mm-hmm. been able to suit, you know, 15,000 fans, but it was so good. Just, it was a, like, it looked like a natural, you know, pond hockey like game with the scenic stuff in the background. You had the fans in the water. 
You had the dudes. Yeah, you, had Sp- you, know, you had Spoke Z jumping in the water. Or whoever, <laughs> whoever we determined was the one who was jumping in. I think there was about 15 different people. I think you were mentioned as one. I was mentioned as one. Yep. Like we Ty Anderson was mentioned as one. So we've all been we've all been slanted on Twitter based on being that guy who jumped in with the speedo. But yeah, none of us. Could... I can confirm it was none of us. It might have been me. Um, but 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 nonetheless, like amazing uh, presentation. Even though the glare was tough, but still like. It was cool. And as you said, like, there's so many places you could do this, especially considering, um, you don't need fans. Like, you could, I don't see the problem with doing this in a regular, in a regular season without COVID, like going to a remote location, having it be, you know, this really scenic area and just playing. Like, I don't know. I, it feels like every, you know, the Bruins liked it. Most teams kind of liked it. So why the hell not? Again, like, you know, as, as much as a shit show as, uh, it was in certain instances, like, as you said, the NHL, need stuff like this you need to be able to try stuff and and if it fails it fails but at least you try you know so that i think is one of the biggest things uh another big thing to come out of tahoe brandon carlo gets the a says it's uh one of the greatest things that's ever happened to him greatest thing in his career i think he said um so big thing for him he's a guy who a lot of people kind of look at um as a guy who might get an a uh in the permanently in the future and i think should and will uh, I know that the, I think the athletic did a uh, survey on uh, this past off season on like, you know, who gets the next a and Carlo was up there. People really like did think that Carlo was kind of deserving of it. Uh, when do you think this happens? Uh, well, I mean, I think some will be determined once uh, whatever David Craig's future is this year. But I mean, I, I think maybe the biggest takeaway from that whole thing is one, it was good for Carlo to get recognized for it, but also, you know, Cassidy was talking about it on Tuesday. And it's pretty much saying, you know, Carlo is more than deserving, but there's also five or six other guys that could have gotten in that I think would have, you know, been accepted in that room. Cause it, it's, I think one of the good things about this Bruins team, it's something that Chara set up and has been carried through by Bergeron. It's going to be carried through the next generation. It's just, you have these, next wave of players are going to step up into these roles. So Cassidy said, you know, McAvoy could have have gotten it. Uh, You know, Charlie Coyle, he even mentioned like David Pasternak uh, as a guy who could, you know, get it down the road. So I think it's one of the underrated uh, things about just, you know, what Chara and Bergeron's impact are on this team is just, you know, fostering and um, developing that culture in the room where I think you're even seeing just that continuous, a uh, cycle of guys, guys who all buy in, who want to create this kind of welcoming, uh, you know, team-wide environment. Like, again, I think what makes, you know, the, the Bruins stand out, you know, with other teams is they all kind of just go all in on these things. Like, everyone went all in and did the 90s theme. And it's funny to talk about, but it's good to see that uh, this team, even, you know, when they're not given this much time to interact out of the ice, we're able to do something like this. And it seems like that's something that they all, genuinely kind of appreciated from the weekend it's i think as soon as the ice went bad on saturday we we're like oh these guys have to be pissed they have to be making this flight out here to deal with all these you know on ice conditions but it seems like post game after all this like it seems like they were like thrilled with how it all went granted you'd be in a good mood if you win seven to three but <laughs> it seems like they really did appreciate kind of just having this event something to look forward to uh, something that's unique uh, and I'll be, you know, together and do some team wide kind of initiatives and stuff like that. So, and again, one of them includes Kylo getting recognized and so good for him. And, you know, I imagine when, you know, Bergeron eventually retires that you've still got a whole wave of guys who've been here for a couple of years by now that will step up into those roles. 
Grizzlick as well. I feel like Grizzlick's another yes. guy who could yep. get an A down the road. Uh, there's a lot of, as you said, a lot of guys, but, uh, that is all the Bruins, uh, for this week. We discussed a ton. Ironically enough, we discussed the one thing, uh, that really does not impact the team at all the most, yes. but it's the most fun. It's the most fun to of talk course. about. Jack, 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 go to the Bruins. We do this every couple of months, but, uh, Connor, what can people look forward to over Boston Sports Journal? Well, Evan, I'll be working on my uh, my great Jack Eichel uh, trade trade offer, so you can look forward to that. Um, Can't wait. Breaking, we'll be breaking down obviously a lot of uh, stuff up in the air with this Bruins lineup. We'll see how Vakanainen does, and you know, see how his game translates, especially if he's in a top pairing role for these next couple of games. So we'll look at that. I uh, have another couple of projects we're working on. Uh, stuff updated every single day. So subscribe over at BostonSportsJournal.com. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that at Connor Ryan underscore ninety three. Do all that. And uh, for, for Connor Ryan, I'm Evan Marinovsky. You poke the bear listeners. Have a great rest of your day. Yeah.